Hello and welcome to Authentically Alongside. I'm your host, Sarah Nishimoto. And I'm Emily Kallenberg, coming alongside Sarah. This podcast exists as a way to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. We want to come alongside you authentically, sharing our lives and hope in Jesus. Welcome back to Authentically Alongside. We are continuing our series on slowing down our lives. And today we are going to talk about the practice of simplicity. So I think we can both agree that simplicity is not something that comes naturally to either of us. I don't think our culture is conducive to simple living. We are constantly bombarded with messages of the things that we need to make our lives better. While seeing pictures of perfect houses, everything neat and organized on Instagram. Um, So I can quickly feel like a failure when I look at my own home with too many things owned by too many kids. Can't really help that one. (laughs) Not not anymore. Um, And I just can't keep all of it in any sort of order. Um, But also when clutter is all around me, I feel restless, anxious, and I just long for simplicity. And I will be honest and say that I don't really know how to live simply. So. I'm looking forward to getting into this conversation and hopefully I can learn something and have some more inspiration to simplify my own life. (laughs) Oh, I'm not very good at simple living either. Like, I think that's a fun part of this conversation though, is that neither one of us are nailing it, but we have both learned so much, I think through reading the chapter and then other research and Mm -hmm. talking. So I'm looking forward to having this conversation too. Yeah. As I've been like thinking through ideas, like, all I can come up with is ways like that we've tried to simplify and we've just failed. So, <laughs> so here we are coming, know, so. coming alongside all you listeners authentically. Yes. We're not good at simple living either. <laughs> and that's okay, except where we are and mm-hmm. we can move forward. Yes. So. so let's start talking about what simplicity is. So our minds often first go to the idea of minimalism living with very little and like Marie Kondoing our homes. We've all, we're all familiar with Marie Kondo at this point, I think. Does this bring me joy? And, and that's certainly part of, of simplicity. So in The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Comer says, it is about living with, it isn't about living with nothing. It's about living with less. And in the Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, it says, Simplicity cultivates the great art of letting go. Simplicity aims at loosening inordinate attachment to owning and having. Simplicity brings freedom and with it, generosity. And then Richard Foster says, The Christian discipline of simplicity is an inward reality that results in an outward lifestyle change. I love that. So that definition from Foster kind of shifted my perspective on simplicity a little bit. When we decide to live a life of simplicity, we need to start on the inside. It's easier for us to dive into decluttering our physical possessions, like bagging up all the things we don't use anymore, throwing them in the trash, or taking them to the thrift store, or putting them in your trunk to take to the thrift store and then letting them sit there for months. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Foster talks about this inward change in his book, Celebration of Discipline. It begins with seeking first the kingdom of God. 
It's an inner prioritizing of God and his kingdom above all else. Mm. After that, everything else will fall into their proper place. He says, if what we have, we receive as a gift. And if what we have is to be cared for by God, and if what we have is available to others, then we will possess freedom from anxiety. This is the inward reality of simplicity. However, if what we have, we believe we have gotten, and if what we have, we believe we must hold on to, and if what we have is not available to others, then we will live in anxiety. Hmm. And I don't know what you're thinking after hearing this quote, but wow, that really spoke to my heart. Simplicity comes out of this inward shift in our lives that what we have is a gift from God and that we can trust him with those gifts. And it sounds like simplicity is really based in contentment, Mm -hmm. trusting that God knows our needs and choosing to live in that trust. Yeah. And Comer talks about that link to anxiety too in his book. And he brings us to Matthew 6, where Jesus talks about how his kingdom works. And we talked about part of this passage in our Everything You Need for Everyday podcast. If you Mm -hmm. haven't listened to that yet, tune in, go back and listen to it. Um, But Matthew 6, 19 through 20 says, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then in verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Comer notes how Jesus connected money and stuff to worry. He says, we worry about what we worship. And if you worship money, it will eat you alive. Yeah. It's that idea too, that Jesus also mentions of you can't serve God and money. Mm -hmm. Um, We just, and not as like that being a command, but as that's just a truth. If what is what what matters to you is your things it's going to be a lot harder for you to let go of them to serve god well mm-hmm. and i think in his book too he talked about like these are truths like these are not um just good teachings like jesus taught the the truth of how you cannot worship both god and money mm-hmm. uh, foster says Another mark of simplicity is making the gifts that we do have available to others. So that inward work of simplicity lets us hold on to things a little bit more loosely. Not only do we realize that what we have is not a result of our own hard work and goodness, but we can trust God with what he's given us and we can bless others with our gifts as well. It's beautiful. When we look at scriptures, one example of living simply that we read about is in the life of Paul. Philippians 4, 12 through 13 says, I know how to make do with little and how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or need. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. So Paul learned how to hold loosely to material possessions. He learned how to live with plenty and he learned how to live with little. He had that inward shift in his heart that allowed him to live simply. And I love that the internal shift needs to happen first. But I also noticed as you were reading that, that, you know, Paul isn't saying like how wrong it is to have lots of things Mm -hmm. because, you know, he's saying, I've learned how to live in abundance and I can also live with little. Um, 
but I think sometimes the practice of simplicity allows us to learn to be content with little. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think we can, it's easy for us to say, um, oh, I'd be content with little, but I'm so glad this blessed me with this home full of stuff. Like (laughs) (laughs) as I'm sitting here looking at the piles of stuff that just needs to kind of go through. But, um, um, I, Paul's really focusing on that internal shift needs to happen. And I think often though, we try to start with the outward shift. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I've had many times in my life where we have tried to simplify and we've gone through all of our things purged and tried to live with less because it's, it is simpler. Like it's easier to live that way, but only to find, you know, a year later, we are living with just as many things as we were before because the internal shift towards simplicity wasn't there. We were trying to do this on the outside, but our minds were still um, focused on the things um, that we could have to make our lives better. Uh, we simplified our things, but we didn't simplify our hearts. Um, and I wasn't content with what we had. Um, even just this spring, like I can see, um, you know, we've been trying to work on kind of simplifying some things and, um, we had just like gone through our whole closet and organized a whole bunch of stuff, pulled stuff out and gotten rid of stuff. And it looked beautiful. It was clean. It was simple. It was, it was nice. And then I had a strange anomaly injury this spring (laughs) where I got uh, tendonitis in both of my ankles at the same time. So, um, super fun, but you know, all of a sudden I had all these needs. (laughs) I've got needs loosely in quotes there. Um, but you know, like some of them were needs. I did need some ankle braces so that I could function. Um, but it was like, okay, I've got the heavy duty ankle braces for when I'm going to be standing on my feet a lot. And then I've got some like more like compression sleeves for, you know, just like if I'm just going to be around the house, I still need something, but, um, and then I need, you know, suddenly I need like a stretching strap and a massage ball and, (laughs) and, a um, you know, a red light, (laughs) like suddenly. And then you need somewhere to organize all that stuff, right? Right, right. So now we have a basket in our closet (laughs) with all of my like ankle accoutrements for my like healing process. It's ridiculous. Like all these things I now think that I need Mm -hmm. to heal, um, which, you know, and I do think a lot of those things have helped, but it's like, it's a little bit crazy what like we think we we need Mm -hmm. like if we're not simplifying in our heart what our actually needs and what are just like things we see yeah you know um if we keep seeking to fill the hole like where god should be and and where he should be our contentment we find more things um rather than the things that promise to make us happier yeah so or healed right. <laughs> and pain free. So uh, once we have that internal shifts in our hearts towards simplicity, there are things that we can put into practice to express that simplicity outwardly. So Foster talks about 10 principles for these outward expressions and Comar shares a lot of these same principles in his book and a couple others, but we're just going to stick with these 10 in this podcast for now. Um, so number one, buy things for their usefulness rather than their status. 
So we're going to kind of flesh each of these out as we go through. Um, and I think more often than we realize, we purchase things because we want to look a certain way mm -hmm. or impress people around us. Uh, just this spring, I bought new cushions and pillows for my porch furniture because I wanted to look like we took care of our property. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think I was probably feeling a little bit of guilt because of the amount of weeds in our yard <laughs> that we just can't seem to keep up with. <laughs> now, there is nothing useful about porch pillows, <laughs> porch pillows, like, <laughs> but they made me feel like we belonged in the cul-de-sac. <laughs> so Comer talks about this in his book too. He says that for a lot of people, things aren't just things, yeah. they're identities. Right. And we've had a, we've got a whole episode on our identities we too do. and how many things we we find our identities and value and worth in. And this too has been a theme throughout these things that we need to declutter our lives. Like mm -hmm. in silence and solitude, we can firm up our identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. When we practice Sabbath, we can realize our identity is not what we can produce. Mm -hmm. And when we practice slowing, our identity is not with how many things we can do or how quickly we can do them. And simplicity, it's not in the things that we have and yeah. possess. This will continue to be a theme, I think, for yeah. our entire podcast, <laughs> because I think it's something we're we're learning. It's just how important it is to have our identity where it belongs mm -hmm. in Christ and who he who he is and who he makes us to be. And then we can have our outward expressions of all sorts of things after that. But as long yeah. as our identities are firm first. So number two, reject anything that is producing an addiction in you. Don't tell me we need to get rid of coffee. <laughs> Never. This is a new addiction for me, but you know, it's a necessity. Now. Um, number three, develop a habit of giving things away. I think this habit is beautiful because it helps us hold loosely to our possessions, but also keeps us on the lookout for mm -hmm. others yeah. in need, yep. like things that other you know, things that we have mm -hmm. other people could use. Yeah. Number four, refuse to be propagandized by the custodians of modern gadgetry. <laughs> so I read this and I was like, I don't even know. I don't really even know what this means. Um, but I'm assuming it means not to be taken in by all the things that media tells us that we need. Um, and I will be the first to admit that I am highly susceptible to ads, <laughs> especially ones that are targeted. I need to get off social media because it's just a list of targeted ads now. And so, I mean, yesterday I saw an ad for a gardening tool that removes weeds from the cracks in the driveway. And my first thought was, wow, that looks life changing. <laughs> Because, you know, being able to easily remove weeds from the driveway would make my life that much better, Sarah. It would be a useful tool. I need it, too. <laughs> but anyway, you get the idea with this. We don't always need the latest iPhone, the latest car, the latest gaming systems, etc. Yeah. Um, number five, in, learn to enjoy things without owning them. Like borrowing books from the library instead of buying all of them. What? I'm guilty of that. I just never have exactly <laughs> what I want. Or I have to wait for it. I'm like, hmm, I could wait three months for this book to be available um, on, you know, their, the library's Whatever. version yeah. of Audible. Mm -hmm. Or I could just buy it. <laughs> I 
because I, I want it now. <laughs> I hate waiting. <laughs> Number six, develop a deeper appreciation for creation. I think enjoying creation is like the epitome of simplicity. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing to own, nothing to take, just the simplicity and beauty of what God has already created. Yeah. I think that's what's beautiful about vacations too. Like a lot of times on vacations, we go to places where we can appreciate creation mm -hmm. and it just brings this extra layer of rest yeah. and just not worrying about so many things. Yeah. Number seven, look with a healthy skepticism at all buy now, pay later schemes. So those often lead us into unnecessary debt and bondage to things. Mm -hmm. Number eight, obey Jesus's instructions about plain, honest speech. And honestly, this is not something that I had thought about regarding simplicity before, but it's so important. Matthew 5, 37 says, let what you say be simply yes or no. And then Foster says, make honesty and integrity the distinguishing characteristics of your speech. In my spiritual disciplines handbook too, it suggests asking God to help us speak the simple truth. So don't speak with double meanings or half truths. Be aware of what you rationalize, deny, blame, and spin. I think I'm going to need to get a copy of this spiritual disciplines handbook because yeah. Sarah's been pulling from it this whole series. And I'm just like, what is this? It's, it's a good book. And I actually had said I was going to loan it to you a while ago. Never have. <laughs> but anyway, um, they also suggest to practice not giving excuses, apologies, or spontaneous yeses. I realize that's a big area I need to work on. Apologizing for the house being messy, giving an excuse as to why I was late, immediately saying yes to an ask, those things deny the reality of our lives. When we apologize for our house being a mess, we imply that it's normally neat and tidy. <laughs> we blame our lateness on traffic, we lie about the fact that we didn't plan well. Or we chose to do one extra <laughs> load of laundry before we left the house. Yep. Or uh, when we immediately say yes to an ask, we aren't being truthful about our own capacity and ability. These are some really good points. And we so often qualify our speech because we do want to look like we have it all together. But when we speak simply, it's more authentic. Mm -hmm to what our real experience is and something that means, and sometimes that means admitting that we can't add something else to our plate without apology. Yeah. doesn't be like, I, so often we're like, I'm so sorry, I can't help you. Like I just have X, Y, Z, which is, which may be true. Sure. Like we may really have X, Y, Z, but it's okay for us just to say, I'm so sorry, I can't, or you don't even have to apologize. Or just say just no. Say, I can't I do can't. it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we need to have another episode on that right. whole thing right there. Yeah. And setting boundaries and saying no, not apologizing. Yeah. Number nine, reject anything that breeds the oppression of others. I think this one really takes a look at what items we buy. Mm -hmm. And when we know better about how the things that we buy are made and the effect that has on others, we can make better choices and we can choose to buy things that are sustainably made with people that are paid living wages. And, but often this means the items that we buy are also going to come at higher price tags, uh, which makes owning less a necessity. Mm -hmm. uh, I know John Mark Comer talks about this a lot in his book about um, making choices to just buy things that are made 
um, in ways that honor humans and things like that. But that also means that sometimes he owns two mm -hmm. outfits per season <laughs> and <laughs> that seems extreme to me, but I'm sure he worked up to that and it sure. wasn't just like, he didn't just, we're not going to tell all of our listeners that you can only own two outfits, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it does make you think about, um, the things that we buy, like that does have an impact on other people in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So number 10, shun anything that distracts you from seeking first the kingdom of God. We can pursue good things like jobs, family, security, but we need to make sure that those don't become the center of our attention. Our eyes should remain fixed on the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Comer says it this way, we should live with a high degree of an intentionality around what matters most. And for those of us who follow Jesus, it's Jesus himself and his kingdom. And if living for the kingdom of God is our first desire, the things we put in our lives should move us towards his kingdom, mm -hmm. which is a great transition into the next portion of today's conversation, which is connecting how simplicity helps us slow down our lives and eliminate hurry, which is our series. So when we live simply, it allows us to focus on what really matters. I don't know about you, but I spend so much of my days just maintaining all the things that we have. Um, every time I turn around, my kids have brought more things into the kitchen or I pull something out of their backpack they brought home from school. I'm just like, ah, more <laughs> junk. Yay. <laughs> um, but more things I have to figure out what they are, where they belong. And I'm constantly organizing and cleaning and reorganizing because the first system didn't work or we have new things. I then get frustrated with the kids because I find their stuff everywhere. Seriously, tell me I'm not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> I like, I like start like anger cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> like why, why is all this stuff here? Um, but anger throwing things away. Yeah. Make sure they don't see you. Seriously. <laughs> or then it turns into a lecture <laughs> about why they can't take care of their stuff. And seriously, probably we need some help in this area. <laughs> but I spend so much time dealing with stuff that I don't have the time or the energy to spend time connecting well with my family sometimes. And, or I'm just already too frustrated with them for making more messes or, yeah. you know, just not taking care of things. And uh, John Mark Comer reminds us in his book that every single thing we buy costs us not only money, but also time. We work hard to have the money to buy the things. And then now we have to take care of all the mm -hmm. things. And then we barely have time to actually enjoy the things. Yeah, for sure. Right. So I really wanted beautiful flowers in my front yard. For some reason this year, I was like, I don't know what this is all about. Maybe there's some like, I'm feeling like we need to keep up with the neighbors. I don't know. But so, you know, because I needed cushions for the porch. I need to get a weeder for the weeds in the driveway, but I really wanted flowers for the, for the front yard. And I took the time to plant them. I got them for mother's day, but now I have to water them every day. And I looked at them this morning and all I could see is just this crop of thistle, which I always call devil snare. <laughs> Watch too much Harry Potter. <laughs> and it's popping up everywhere in my beautiful flower bed, which really does look really nice. Um, it does. And I'm still glad I planted the flowers because they do bring me joy. But the cost wasn't just 
the money to to buy them or to the time it took to plant them but it's also the time to water them daily or get my kids to water them pulling the weeds removing the dead blooms like there's just so many extra things you know rolling up the hose i think sarah had to step over my hose (laughs) this morning walking in (laughs) so almost everything we buy demands something of us it takes up space in our closets and it adds clutter or has maintenance that we now have to add to our list of things to do and there are so many times in my life that i have said if we just had less stuff our lives would be so much simpler um which is true Mm -hmm. it would be all the stuff in our lives distracts us from the things that matter most to us i want to be a patient loving mom but i'm often too preoccupied or overwhelmed and frustrated to then be the mom that i want to be and i don't think simplicity is just for physical things in our lives i think that living simply involves the things we bring in our lives um but it also includes the way we live yeah And Comer says the goal of simplicity isn't just to declutter your closet or garage, but to declutter your life, to clear away the myriad of distractions that ratchet up our anxiety, feed us an endless stream of mind-numbing drivel, and anesthetize us to what really matters. This means we have to take a hard look at the activities in our lives, too. So this goes along with last week's episode on slowing. Uh, we have to regularly look at the things that we spend our time on, the activities that our kids are involved in, the volunteer opportunities that we participate in, our own hobbies, the time we are putting into our jobs and our homes. These are all good things, but we regularly have to consider if our lives are simply too full. Um, Do we have time then for what is most important to us? So this episode was particularly challenging for me to prepare because there are, these are all things that I struggle with. We simply have too much and I get overwhelmed by the idea of simplifying both our possessions and the things that we are involved in. Um, So most of these things are good things. Uh, We want our kids to have opportunities. We want them to find and have the things they love. But often when we add more things to our lives, both physical and um, activity wise in our schedules, they distract us from loving God well and loving our families well and loving the world well. So um, we're gonna end um, with this. So if you wanna simplify, where do we start? I think it's important, as Sarah pointed out, that simplicity must start with an internal change, with contentment in God and trust that he provides all that we need. Then we can begin to make outward changes, simplifying our possessions and our schedules and our overall lives to focus on the things that matter most to us. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Authentically Alongside. We hope this was an encouragement to you as we walk together towards Jesus. Thank you.